Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano, and if I sound a little bit different to you, it's because we are recording this episode over Skype. Alex Miller, nice to hear your voice over the line. Yeah, Cat, I was going to say good to see you, but um, I can just only imagine your face. Uh, it's a bit <laughs> different here, boys. Um, you know, different circumstances, different times, but nothing will stop the boys from having a good time at A3. So we'll try our best to give you some laughs and some information about what's happened in the sporting world. Alex Doherty on the line as well. Uh, hello, Cat. Hello, Miller. They can take away our studio. They can take away our football, but they'll never take our, our ability to talk shit and poopy. <laughs> So if you're not updated on the current situation, uh, the AFL has taken an immediate suspension and the AFLW has seized all games for the rest of the 2020 season. So no Premier Crown as it stands. uh, Frio, we're the only unbeaten team, but unfortunately no Premier for 2020, which is sad to see, especially because some of the teams like the Dockers and uh, the Roos were tracking so, so well this year. So yeah, we'll absolutely. Really um, well, well, they were well on track to be the uh, the grand final, North and Freo. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to them later on. What we think of you know what's happened with the AFLW, if there should have been a flag or not, but uh, we'll get that later on. We will break down all the finals of the week. There were only four games, and of course, the last games of footy for the year. So we gotta gotta make it last while we can, really. <laughs> First yep. up, uh, Icon Park, North and Collingwood on Saturday, Arvo. What do we make of this game, boys? Uh, I reckon absolutely I reckon it's fantastic. Mm, great absolutely. contest. Yeah, I, I must agree. Absolute cracker of a game. I reckon one of the games of the year, sure, surely, we're, we are speaking about this because... Look, it, it looked like North was going to pull away for a little bit, and then Collingwood in that second quarter, they were absolutely on fire. And mm. then, you know, North, as good sides often do, they just find a way to get back into it, and they held on in the end. Yeah, it was a, it was a tight contest through the whole co- game. Obviously, um, it was 5-4-34, North Melbourne defeating Collingwood by just two yes. points. 5-2-32. Yes, right down to the wire. The Pies kept pushing, like... All the way through the game, I thought they're really, really admirable from them, especially considering at the start of the season we didn't even think they were going to make finals. So yeah, that's right. I, you know, I, I had them playing finals just quietly. If you go back to the first episode we did, I had them finishing third in Conference B. So I'm, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. My genius <laughs> knows that bounds when it comes to AFLW football. I want to sort of well, ask you both about but, um, this North Melbourne team. Hmm. Yeah. How how good have they been for, you know, the whole season, obviously, it's come to an end, but they've really exceeded expectations, I think. Probably internally they had high hopes, but I'll start yeah. with you, Kat. What did you make of North this year? Oh, obviously, I've been seeing the, the praises of their midfield week in, week out, and, you know, all all the important players performed just as well this week. You know, Ash Riddell, Emma Carney... Kunker Pass, Jenna Bruton, Jazzy Garner, all fantastic games from them. And yeah, I think they've just been one of the classiest teams this year, North Melbourne. They were they looked like the team to beat from the start of the year. And even though they did uh didn't go undefeated, um, I think they can definitely hold their heads up high going into next year. They proved they a lot, unbeaten. didn't they, Doc? They weren't unbeaten after round one and I we we we'll touch on Melbourne shortly, but I think after that, North just showed why exactly why they are the team to beat. They've got star, they've got stars on almost every line, and mm. you know we 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 speak so highly about their midfield week after week, and I, I reckon that, that their forward line ha, has got to be one of the most improved forward lines I've seen this year. I mean, how are you going to try and how are you going to try and stop all of the likes of Abitangelo, Ashmore, mm. Daisy Bateman, you know, Jazzy Garn can float down there as well at times. We've yeah. seen. A, Saw, saw Brittany Gibson go down forward, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's about maybe two, three others that go down there as well. Emma King, yes, as well. Yeah, so, she was she was really good, I thought. But overall, I thought North played a fair game. The disposal count it was one ninety seven to one seventeen in Collingwood's favour. Uh, the mm. handballs were pretty close. The free kicks Collingwood's favour. The clearances though, North led twenty four to twenty one, and yeah, they had yeah. eight more inside fifty. So. Look, boys, I think it was a great game in general. It was a treat, really, and um, credit to both teams. It was a cracker of a contest. I, I, I reckon before, like heading into this game, like I had a really good feeling about Collingwood actually 
maybe pulling off an upset against North Melbourne. It was like Collingwood were fourth in Conference B, and very, and you know they probably should be a bit higher than that. But given the the state of that conference anyway, mm. you know, mm. what do you think of the you, pies, you, you could have you could have Doc. very very stiff to lose this game. I mean, you know that there had to be a winner and there had to be a loser, but. I thought Collingwood, you know, Collingwood deserved to win just as much as North did, but um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, they had to be a loser on the day. There's quite quite a few, you know. We talk about North's midfield, but what about Collingwood's midfield as well? Yeah, I mean, they're outstanding. We, we we talk we talk every week about Bree Davy and uh, Jamie Lambert, but gee gee whiz, I, I really love Brittany Benici. Twenty yeah, she, disposals, she is an absolute all of them picks. Um, I think what was it? She 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 copped a knock. In that during that game, from if memory serves me correct, and she looked like looked like she was going she was going to be ruled out with concussion, but she came back and she um still still played a strong hand in, in Collingwood's efforts. Mm. Speaking Thanks. of coming back from uh, injuries, Shani Layton literally mm. had hand surgery on Monday <laughs> and looked like she was ruled out of the finals completely, but she came back in and had a very good performance: thirteen touches, sixteen hitouts. Four tackles, just fantastic from five her. Five marks, is... Kat. You always forget the marks, mate. I do forget the marks. Five <laughs> marks. She's got to be one of the gutsiest players in the AFLW at the moment. She just does not give up. Oh, absolutely. Talking... I just want to say... <laughs> I want to... I think... I think... Go um... on, go on. <laughs> Sarah Rowe as well. She was fantastic. Yes. Kat, she, she was she's your... one of Kat's favourites. Sarah, right? Yeah, she was. This gets better every week. She was woman of the week last week for you, Cap, but she was just outstanding. And I thought, I thought the Pies midfield. Going back to your comment, Doc, like I think they were really good around the contest, and they had a really good team team effort. I think from the from the weekend. Oh, for sure, and I think some some of the um the the forward, like some of the lesser names as well. I mean, nobody really talks about Ashling Sheridan. I thought she played a really nice game mm. across half mm-hmm. and, and on the wing. Um, Matty Shevlin did some nice things as well, I thought. And um, what about Steph Kiochi? We don't talk about her a lot, but I thought this was her best game. Yeah, it was a big one. She um, is really, really key to moving the ball forward for the Pies. She just generates so much. Yeah, she does. I mean, eight, 18 disposals, six marks, Alex Miller, three tackles. That's, that's what we a, like. That's, <laughs> genuine, that's a genuine captain's game. But again, I think going back to what you said at the start, Doc, is that um, someone had to lose this game. Unfortunately, Collingwood did. They had a couple of easy chances. Jamie Lambert had a couple of she probably should have kicked. Um, yes. Probably, probably dampened what was already a really, you know, a, a star game from her. You know, a typical, if she would have kicked those goals, she would have been man a woman of the match, I should say. Yeah, definitely. Um also, Jordan Membry, guys. I, we, mm. I, I, I really liked her. I've really liked her form the last few weeks. So she kicked. She kicked two goals, and it was really interesting to hear um, Jason Bennett on on the telly talk about how the how she never misses. Like she, she hasn't. She hasn't missed. She hasn't missed a shot on goal. In, well, a, in well, her yeah. uh, career, no, in her career. In her oh career. my goodness! I think she's. I think she's kicked about nine, ten goals straight now. Jeez, that's yeah, a so, stat. Good on her. So. I don't know if she's related to Tim at St Kilda, but uh, if, you're, if your surname is Membry, the chances of you missing are very, very slim. Yep. Going to get a, uh, a, Luke, a Luke Bruce-like <laughs> goal-kicking streak going on there. What was it, like 20-something goals straight without without missing? Yeah, pretty crazy stuff. But anyway, catch, credit. Catch yourself a Tory Dixon-like operator. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank never you. Misses. We have Tory Dixon at home. Batman no. never misses. Oh, well, when he plays, mate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, credit, credit to North Melbourne. They deserve probably to win that game. And well done yes. to them. It is a bit sad that we never got to see a North and uh, Frio matchup, but still great quality games across this uh, the one week of the finals. Another quality game here, the Giants and the Ds uh, in Sydney at Giants Stadium. This was one... That looked like the Giants would have had it quite handily, but the Ds didn't give up, and uh, a nice late comeback put them over the line. Three eight twenty six the Giants to four five twenty nine the Ds. Alex Doherty, I want to ask you who was so instrumental in sparking the Ds to get home in this game. Well, you you, you got to have you look at the um yeah the usual suspects here. I mean, Karen Paxman had had a, twenty touches. 
Uh, Daisy Pierce had 22 touches. I didn't watch much of the game, but it looked like she was um, playing a little bit more in the middle as mm. opposed to a, as opposed to a usual home at halfback this season. Um, oh, who else have we got here? I thought Libby Birch, an, an outstanding season, and I thought her 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 role off halfback has was instrumental. Yep. Um, and also Lily Mithin, the clutch goal to end all clutch goals. I don't think I've ever seen a player get so excited after kicking a goal. <laughs> it's almost like she didn't know what to do with herself. Lily Mithin is the is the epitome of excitement generation. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was pretty impressed all around with the these lists. They pl- played a good game considering the Giants, as we mentioned, they had control. They just couldn't convert their chances. Boys, three um, eight. Yeah. But I, I sort of want to ask you, Kat, about a couple. Mm. What do you think of? Um, you know, the forward line mainly of the Giants. Do you think it worked this week or was it a bit off? Yeah, that's the question. You you miss those easy opportunities and obviously it's gonna it's gonna come back and kick you in the guts. I there's one that I remember specifically, Tate Mackerel. I remember mm. she had a really, really good like passage, she was running streaming to the forward line, had a lot of time and space and just kind of sprayed it off to the left. You know, that was the same story for a bunch of players. Cora Staunton won goal two, Amy Schmidt also won goal two. Just these opportunities that could have been, and Alicia Eva as well, when she went forward, only kicked the two behind. So, you know, you've got to wonder if the Giants just, the skills aren't quite there goal-kicking-wise, if they need a few more genuine forwards. A lot of the yeah. midfielders, as I named off there, going forward to kick some goals. So, you know, got to wonder yeah. what's going on there. Absolutely. I think that's a big reason, Doc, as well, why they sort of been a bit up and down. They've had to throw those mids forward in order to get some sort of scoreboard. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just having a look here. Like, I mean, GWS were up by about 15 points midway through that last quarter, and in, in games where, you know, goals are at a premium, you know, you, how, how, do you, how do you allow a side, like, you know, let's not, I'm not trying to discredit Melbourne here, but how do you allow, how do you allow them to just kick, what is it, three goals with, um, in, in the span of, what, maybe seven seven minutes, eight minutes? Yeah. yeah. Looking I mean, at the, uh, the game I mean... stats here, it was kind of won and lost around the contest in the end. The Ds smashing them in uh, clearances and contest possessions, 28 to 17 the clearances, and 99 to 81 in the contest possessions. So I think the Ds really turned it up around the, uh, around the contest when they needed to. The inside 50s are very interesting, though, boys. Yeah, 30 you to know, 20. 30 to 30. 20 in favour of uh, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Uh, because... Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to add, like, sixty tackles to fifty-nine. So the tack, the tackling is there. Like, it's it's yeah. even spread. So oh, it was there. I think the, I think <laughs> m- maybe <laughs> I I reckon the D's were actually just l- were lucky to get away with it in the end. I mean, the Giants had a pretty decent year. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. But if say Melbourne came across a, a side like. North or Frio or even Carlton, and they were fifteen points down midway through the last quarter. They would they would have no answers for that. Yeah, they, they, they they'd they'd be out, and it probably stems back to what you said, like just being able to finish your chances. I mean, you you you, you talked about Amy Schmidt and Cora Staunton kicking two points each, and even Alicia Eva. Mm. You know, but when you when you hold a fifteen point lead midway through the last quarter. You know, what's going you, on? You've 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 got to you've got to you've got to stick that. Yeah, very true. Well, look, there were there were still some good performers for the Giants. So Jess Allen really really did well in the ruck battle against uh, Lauren Pierce. The twenty hitouts to her, fantastic to see. Yeah. Weird, I did mention Alicia Eva before, but she ended up with twelve touches and ten tackles, which is as much as the D's were smashing them around the contest. She's obviously still got uh, putting in the effort there. I just um, want to. Quickly add, I thought uh, Rebecca Beeson was uh, fantastic again. Mm. Yeah, she was good. Um, she's been consistent all year, um, yep. and I think she's been a real leader for why this Giants team, you know, had a pretty good 2020. And, um, you know, th- they've got work to do, the Giants, uh, but they'll be back better and stronger. They- they've got a good list here. If they keep yeah. that crew together, that could be damaging, Doc. I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, you look at you look at this list, and there's and there's good and there's good players all around. I mean, their midfield's pretty set. You know, you've got forwards that that know where the where the goals are, which is you know a premium. 
I think they know more where the points are than where the goals are, but <laughs> no, but but they but they generate scoring opportunities though. That that's that's what I'm they trying to get behinds. at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, now right now they're generating behinds, but you know maybe another maybe an off season of goal kicking practice, and maybe Corus Dalton can kick another four can kick four goals consistently. Mm. Uh, maybe Amy Schmidt can be a consistent goal scorer. Um, yeah. Bit just dis- bit disappointed. Beck Privatelli didn't didn't kick a goal. Only the one. Yeah, po- only she's the been one performing really well. So maybe a bit of an off game really, for her. But I've, I've really liked her season. And also, yeah. Hanine Riker, I thought played pretty well. Seventeen touches. Yeah, never really noticed her too much before, but she has uh, had a really good game against the D's. So I, 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 I think she, I think she's had a much improved year. She just seems mm. to just seems to get into the right spots a bit bit more often than she has in the past. Yeah, so she's she's one to look out for in twenty twenty one. A team that didn't need any goal scoring help, boys, was Fremantle Dockers. Oh, now this is a this was an absolutely dominant performance. The Dockers ended up absolutely smashing the Suns twelve eight eighty to one four ten. I have not seen many teams dismantle other teams in the AFLW comp this season like the Dockers did to the Suns. Uh, obviously, travelling all the way to Frio Oval uh, as the lowest ranking team coming into the finals was always going to be a challenge. But anyways, Dockers really showed that. Yeah, I, I, look, I've got to say, I mean, the, the first, the first half in I think the first half in particular, I mean, Gold Coast Suns, they, you could definitely tell the effort was there. I mean, but then after halftime, I think what separates Fremantle from the Gold Coast Suns right now is just the start, the star power in this team. I mean. The Gold Coast don't have a, an, an Ebony Antonio there. They don't have a Kiara Bowers there, who's who's an who's an absolute tackling weapon. They don't, you know, they've got they've got a good forward star there in Clinton Howarth, but they don't have support. They don't have consistent support around her. I mean, Britt Perry's had a cu- quite a couple of weeks, and um, oh, who who else was it? Uh, S- S- Sermon's been playing more more up the ground as opposed to when she started as a forward. So, Nick Hasler, another one I thought who didn't quite have the impact that she's been having through the rest of the year. Yeah, she she was pretty disappointing, and I also still also thought Sam Virgo didn't get a lot of the footy either. Mm-hmm. And um, Tiana Ernst was taken off uh, before half time as well, so that that definitely doesn't help the cause one bit. Yeah. yeah. What really impressed me a lot about the Dockers was just looking at obviously they scored really high, but the amount of multiple goal scorers through this game. Obviously, Sabrina Duffy, we've sung the praises of all year, but she had three goals to her name. Kate Flood with two. Gemma Houghton with two as well. Gabby O'Sullivan with two. You know, great to see the, the scoring get shared around. And, of course, two of our <laughs> favourite young players as well, Roxy Rue and Ashley Sharp both kicked a goal. Roxanne. I'll t- I tell you what, I reckon that week off definitely benefited her. Um, yeah. She, she, just, she just looked like she had that spring in her step again. And... And she could have she could have easily had maybe two or three, but still a very good game from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of things that I just want to quickly highlight, boys. I thought um, the game was pretty even in most terms, except for obviously the scoreboard. The inside fifties was fantastic in Fremantle's favour, thirty nine to twenty six, and Mark's inside fifty eight to one in Jeez. their favour as well. Also, the uh, tackles again, as we've talked about, this Fremantle team love to tackle. 59 tackles to 33. Whether they've got the ball or not, they bring intensity around the contest cat that's second to none in the comp. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. They just they just keep getting the ball out, giving themselves these opportunities. There's a reason why they were undefeated through the whole year. Uh, and just looking at some of the numbers here, some of these midfielders, Hayley Mill is a player that we seem to talk about a fair bit. Obviously, uh, Alex Miller's international relative. Um <laughs> But 20 touches, 7 marks, 3 tackles for her. Great performance. Kiara Bowers doing her thing with the 14 tackles. She's been and, amazing. Uh, another one of our favourites, the, the Antonio girls. Uh, both 20, 20 touches and 19 touches for, cho- uh, for the two of them. So uh, just, yeah, absolutely killing it, the Dockers. Great. I'd be excited to see them in season 2021. Oh, I think if they keep this up, they will be on track to a premiership for sure. Yeah, big time, big time. I thought just again, like their whole team is just outstanding, and they've got they've really got a good group that look like they really enjoy playing together. And 
goes a long way. We've seen it many times. Successful teams come through camaraderie and friendship, mm. Doc. So this Frio team are definitely on the right path. And next year, wouldn't count them out being back here again. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, and the best part is there's going to be no WA expansion team that's going to pillage another seven or eight players. So, <laughs> it didn't matter, though. It didn't, matter. No, it didn't bother them at all. doesn't matter. Um, I was, whilst talking about the Dockers, I was really, I, I was really impressed with uh, Kate Flood. I thought that was yep. her, her, her best game by far this year and just very damaging whenever she got near the footy. Um, Ange Stannett is... Are just and one of the most underrated defenders in this competition. She just does her job week in week out. Yeah. There's no fanfare. There's no fanfare when it comes to her. And I think uh, Evie Gooch is in the same boat. I thought she played brilliant in in the yeah. in the back, back line. And Can't um, her effort at all. Evie Gooch. She just throws herself at the footy. And 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 Gabby O'Sullivan. We 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 love talking about her. Alex Miller. She was again outstanding. Half forward. Set. If she wasn't setting up goals, she was kicking them herself, had 17 touches and two goals. Yeah, very, She's very up. true, Doc. She was um, mildly impressive. I think she's come a long way, um, I think, personally and with this team. I think she's improved out of sight. And she was always always saw the talent there, but she's proved it now. Absolutely. She, she, she's up there as one of the... I think between her and Shelley Scott from Melbourne, I think they're the best half-forward flankers in this competition. There's yep. no, There's no... There's no doubt in my mind about that. No question. Good call, no Doc. Question. It feels like we've talked about the entirety of the Dockers team, but there was one last play that I want to mention before we talk about the Suns. Uh, Mimstrom did really well in the ruck, but also I saw her move back, get pushed back to like a full back roll a couple times, and she's quite a clean kick out of defence, so interesting to see if they uh, put her Utility. down there more often next year. Yeah, that yeah, that, that's that's a good call, Cat. I was really impressed with um, Mimstrom's efforts around the ground. She definitely definitely had um, Lauren Bella's number uh, on yeah. Saturday, and she uh, oh, look, with, with all due respect to Lauren Bella, I think she came off at, she came off at one one stage in the game. She she looked a bit hurt. I mean, I think it was quite a few of those Gold Coast girls that got they got beaten around a bit on a, on Saturday. So maybe that maybe that does also stem to why they got so you know woman handled. On, mm-hmm. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yep, very true. But um, yeah, good good game from Mimstrom. I thought that was her best game of the year. So who did we see from the Suns as uh, the quality performers? Because there were obviously a few players that were playing quite well. Jade Progelli is the one that I want to mention. Uh, 16 touches, 5 marks for her. Played really well out of the back line. Probably one of the few players in that back line that could hold their head up high. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I, got a, I've got a couple. I thought that were, I thought, um, well, I really thought that their their midfield was trying. They didn't get a whole lot going their way, but I thought Kate Sermon again up forward was pretty important. She didn't have any scoreboard impact, but she was trying her best, and that's all you can hope. Unfortunately, in these situations where you're down, when you get pummeled uh, yeah. um, by a very good Freo outfit, but yeah, I, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, Ser- Sermon was probably one of the better players on Saturday, and I guess between her, like we talked about her and Britt Perry not hitting the scoreboard, but I, I still think they tried. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought, like you, Cat, I thought Pratelli was outstanding. Um, uh, the, the other one, uh, Lauren Ahrens as well, the outback. Yes. I, mean, I feel like we talk about mm. those two a lot when it comes to the Gold Coast back five. I thought they tried. They tried their absolute guts out. They mm-hmm. did did whatever they could to try and stop Freya from scoring, but there's no. You know, it was very very uh, little resistance in the end. And also, uh, who, who else did I have? Uh, Jackie Austin, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Twenty two disposals. Probably. I think. That's, I think that's a PB. That's a PB for her. So. Yeah, good on her. She she was good. I like her in the contest. Austin, uh, good around the ball. Um, but apart from that, there probably weren't many others that actually did stand out. I mean, I thought Jamie Stanton tried with her 14 touches, but I, she just struggled to make any impact whatsoever, and that, mm-hmm. that was that was a bit disappointing. Uh, Paige yep. Parker had five touches and a goal. Again, didn't make much of an impact. Tough to have um, the offers just for the Suns in general, I think, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, it look, is. A 70-point 70, a loss uh, as their last game of the season probably didn't represent how the Suns played through the rest of the year. I thought, 
As they were probably no the expansion team, I thought they can hold their head up the high. Them and the Saints. The Saints also had some really good games, but they will be going into next year with a lot of confidence with how they performed against some of the better sides in the league. So well yeah, done to the Suns this year, and uh, I'm excited to see more of them. Yep. I'm, I'm very excited to see them in 2021. I'd love to see I'd love to see the Gold Coast go after a, a, a star midfielder to help out um, Jamie Stanton because I think mm. that's 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 probably their one yeah it's what they their made. one their one area of improvement I can see for them like if they get themselves somebody like a Kiara Bowers or an Emma Carney somebody that can, somebody that can just win the ball at the coalface and then generate the generate the play from the middle I yeah. think that's going to go a long way into them elevating themselves into the top echelon next year. Absolutely. A team that's already in the top echelon, boys, Carlton Football Club. They were successful on Sunday. Uh, they yes. beat Brisbane. They were 6-8-44, Carlton, winning by 29 points over Brisbane, 2-3-15. Cat, start mm. with you. I want to ask you about one person, Georgia G, absolute Georgia star G. competition. Oh. 12 she touches, is. 3 goals. What is it about her, Cat, that makes her an exciting forward, do you think? Oh, she's just an absolute live wire. I don't know. I think she, the way she plays at uh, at ground level, I think being one of the smaller players in the competition, she's definitely got an advantage. Uh, just so agile, so able to just get the ball where many other players wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um, and she's obviously got an amazing goal sense too, with three goals straight off those 12 touches. Uh, she is. I, I'm so excited for the future of this young woman. Like, seriously, she's going to be one of the all-time... Great small forwards at the AFLW competition. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And besides, besides her, Doc, there were some really outstanding players from Carlton's team, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, you you look at Carlton's contributors. It almost feels like a really good even spread. Yeah. Um, and and that and that's what makes them such a good team. I mean, you know, we talk about you know the likes of Maddie Prasparkas as the star of the show. I mean, she was great. And there's also I thought Lucy McAvoy played a really strong game in the middle. Yeah. Very good all-round game. Hosking twins were the Hosking twins were brilliant. Um, I thought uh, Chloe Harris. Dalton Dalton was outstanding as well, Doc. Oh yes, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I feel I feel like we talk, you know, t- too much about Chloe Dalton. She's just a bit, bit like a bit like Georgia G. She's a bit of a live wire, I think. You know, yeah. Played play, played a lot more as a forward last year, but I think she's she's definitely risen another gear, so she can play in the middle a lot. And yeah, you know, sixteen touches, five tackles, says a lot. Of, says a lot about her improvement as a footballer. Yeah, yeah one mark. <laughs> Don't forget the mark. Oh, and the mark. Yeah, but yeah. I thought um, overall this Carlton team. I think going back to what you said, Doc, they're a really good team unit. I thought um, Brianna Moody again in the ruck played a fair oh. game. Well, I, was, I was about to talk about the two Ruckmen, but you beat go me on, to go it. Go on, Kat. Go on, hit me. Oh, I, I, cannot, I cannot sing the praises of these two as a Ruck combo any higher. Alison Downey and Brianne Moody. I think it, Moody especially, her work around the ground cannot be underrated. She She's great on the on the outside as well. And yep. you love a Ruck <laughs> who can get to the ball, just not, not just when they're taking a hit out. She had the nine touches as well, a couple marks, but 16 hit outs too. Just fantastic. These two have to be one of the best rock combos in the league at the moment. They've just got a great bit of chemistry, don't they, boys? I think the biggest thing is how quick they've gelled together, Doc. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, well, Brianne Moody and Al, I think Al Downey, I think they've both been in the the, the league now for a, a few years. So mm. uh, they, they've 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 obviously had the time and to to work on their craft together and. That I think they definitely are the best ruck, the ruck combo, the best ruck combo in the league right now. Because yeah. yeah, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't anyone else, any any other side that possesses two quality ruck women like mm-hmm. like the Blues do. Very, very true. What about Brisbane boys? What do we make of their performance? Doc, we'll start with you. They they, they had some good numbers around the board, but just couldn't get the uh, the score ticking over. Yeah, look, I thought. For the most part of the game, Brisbane were actually outplayed by by Carlton. And look, I think we we have to give credit to Brisbane. Such a good season. Nobody expected them to play finals with, given how ravaged this this side has been with injury for the last two years. Yeah. But um, but there's but I just think they were, they were comprehensively outplayed by a just a better unit in Carlton. You know, 
I think the mid the mids the mids were good. Ali Anderson is a star. Seventeen disposals, four marks. Um, thought thought Kathy's Vark was all right. She, she, yep. she, I think she's been I think she's been a really good find. Uh, Kate Lutkins did try so hard across um, half back. You know, I think she I think she'll she'll be in for an All Australian spot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emily Bates as well. Yes. Just and, and, and just an. <laughs> Probably not, not probably not as good a game as she's had in in recent weeks, but I I still thought she was probably one of Brisbane's better players. Yeah, anything to add to that, Cat? Anyone that you thought was okay? Uh, look, I think Doc's pretty much covered all the individual efforts. I was just looking at the team stats here, and it's a very strange story for the Lions. Uh, obviously, you'd think looking at the stats that they did all right through the midfield, but the Blues won the clearances by six. Won the contested possessions 125 to 87, mm. uh, and the inside yeah. 50 is 39 to 20. But then you look at the tackles. The Blues yes. only 28, and the Lions 60. So to me, that tells the story of a team that was trying to play catch up to the Blues all day. Yeah. You don't get that many tackles if you're not consistently second to the ball. <coughs> awesome. um, Car- 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 Carlton had 55 more touches than Brisbane. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, like, it, it stems back to the, stems back to my point. I mean, I just think they were outplayed by a much better team. Yeah, and, and I think I think the Blues showed as well that they're very classy on the outside. They've got some really smooth ball movers, uh, and I think uh, that's definitely one of their strengths. Yeah, absolutely. Also, that, that, they were just always playing catch-up, and I think that reverts back to the tackle numbers, the stats. When you get behind early, um, especially in like a quality outfit like Carlton, which we've spoken about many times, it's always tough to try and rally back. Uh, they're a good team, and yeah, credit to them. Yeah, I was I was going to say, um, I, I thought Carlton's back back five again outstanding. I mean, led led by the brilliant Karen Harrington, who mm-hmm. we absolutely loved a bit here at the A three. Hopefully, she comes back into the studio with us soon. Um, <laughs> Once the studio is open again. <laughs> oh look, I, I I reckon in a couple of months when uh, the Foopy is back and this whole coronavirus bullshit pisses off. <laughs> We'll we'll be in uh, much better times, but Karen Harrington, sixteen touches. I think again, just I reckon there there is an all there is all Australian captaincy with her name on it. There you go, big call. And um, and 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 the and the support cast as well. You know, we I I haven't sung the praises of uh, Mua Lalawifi enough this Mm -hmm. this season. Nat Nat Plan was good. Gab Pound was again brilliant. (laughs) And uh, Lauren Brazali as well, all all, all in the uh, the back, and Charlotte Wilson as well. Uh, that that is just that is just one, you know a a really good defensive group, and I don't think it gets talked about enough. Yeah, yep. very true, very true. All right, um... that was that was all the finals games. Unfortunate that we couldn't continue to see the rest of the final series, but of course that does beg the question on everyone's minds. Uh, Gil, after Gil announced that the uh, season, the AFLW season would end effective immediately, everybody's wondering, you know, who would have won the Premiership had this season kept going ahead? And they did announce that no Premier would be crowned, as we said earlier in the show. But boys, I direct the question your way. We'll start with you, Alex Miller. Should a Premier for the 2020 season have been awarded? Uh, it's it's a good question. I think yes. I think um, every woman from every team and every team themselves have had amazing seasons. Um, whether you know, unfortunately, sometimes they didn't win a game, Richmond <coughs> cough, um, but they still <laughs> tried their guts out week after week. Was... <laughs> there was one one team a cut above the rest, and that was obviously Fremantle boys. They were mm-hmm. first in points for. Uh, they were undefeated for a reason. Um, so plain and simple, I just think when it's a bit unanimous that they would probably, they probably would have won it. Um, maybe North Melbourne and Carlton would have put up a fight, but even then would have been very tough. Um, mm. but I think this Fremantle team cat, they're just too good. And I think, I don't know, probably I'm sort of assuming, but I feel like if you ask the players themselves, they wouldn't mind Freo getting it. They probably reckon they deserve it the most. Yeah, well, uh, maybe the North Melbourne players might have something to say about it. but Yeah, well, they might have a little bit of debate about it. But I don't know. I think it's a bit stiff to do all this work. You know, we played six uh, or seven weeks. Um, uh, nothing sort of sort of amounts to nothing in all the pre-season work that these uh, women have put in. 
is a bit ridiculous. Doc, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, look, it's an interesting little case to dissect here because, look, I, I, I definitely do agree with in a in a respect that Fremantle, you know, you know, there's a there's there is a case that Fremantle should be the premiers, even even like this. But what what's wrong with playing playing the final the the finals the rest of the finals when this whole thing's all said and done? I mean, what's wrong with it? In like you know, maybe September or you know even or even mid even mid season, you know. Like, well, I feel like the, I, yeah, the issue the issue there, Doc, I think is that just because so many of the of the women of the players still have you know they've got their their jobs, they've got other things yeah. to attend to. They're not still not full time professionals <laughs> like the men's, unfortunately. So it's kind of hard to just say we're going to put up a couple more finals games and we're going to expect you to train more and take more yeah. time away from your life. When you've already signed this contract through for this season, from this point to this point, and uh, you know, kind of ask you to put your lives on hold for two more weeks, just so we can crown a premier. And I think most of the players understand that it's too much of a toll on them, and probably too much on the clubs as well, yeah. to ask it to all come together again for two more weeks. Uh, especially, you got to think of you know the Irish, the Irish girls who return back home across the off season, well, the players who live in other states. Question I pose to you is: Some of those players might not able to get home, so uh, yeah, exactly. due to the travel ban. So Doc's point is sort of valid, but again, I think um, there's too much, uh, sort of too much going on in this hectic world at the moment to sort of come back to it months later after mm. probably not a whole lot of training and fitness stuff. Not saying that um, players would be off the mark, but it'd be pretty hard to maintain match sharpness without training that have been suspended and whatnot. So. Look, I understand both sides. Doc, it's a fair point, but I just think it's going to be—it would be very, very difficult um, to organise a, a little, a little meeting again. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, that—that's that, fair enough. Um, if if the question is, should Fremantle be awarded the premiership instead of <laughs> postponing the season? It, it, I'd, it's a tough one because when you look at what, like Fremantle have had a good year. There's no doubt about that. But when you look at who they've beaten, you know, they haven't beaten. They haven't beaten Carlton. They haven't beaten mm-hmm. Melbourne, and they have, and they haven't played North Melbourne. So it would be very unfair on them to, you know, even like you say, oh, oh you, you had a good season, but we're going to award to a team that's hasn't really beaten anybody of note other than the Brisbane yeah. Lions. Yeah, so, it's, yeah it's, hard, it's so hard to just work on hypotheticals. You you need, gonna... you need the the solid wins there. Well, that's what I asked you. I mean, Kat, do you reckon that's a big reason why they didn't award the flag is because knowing that maybe those other teams that haven't played Fremantle would be a bit rambunctious per se. Yeah, possibly. If it had been a more even season where you know all the teams had played each other once and there was no conferences and you were just and it was plain and simple, Freo was sitting on top of the table, you'd think they'd probably be a bit more willing to award it to them. But as the way it stands, they only played seven of the. Uh, possible thirteen opponents they could have played. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's so hard. So so then I posed a question to you, gentlemen. Another question. Do we, do, do we put off with the com- Do we put off the conference system next next year? Yes, no. because because of all of this. Because it, it it does. It really does. It, I really feel like it does rob us of these these games that will put bum that will put bums on seats. You know, I was really mm. looking forward to seeing. You know, Fremantle played Melbourne and Carlton in in these conference games before they scrapped it all together. And I would have loved to have watched Fremantle and North Melbourne play during the season. Well, Kat, Kat you but, start. Yeah, well, look, I, I still <laughs> struggle to see how we couldn't have a full 13-round plus mm. three weeks or four weeks of finals for the AFLW. I like... They, they, I think they started early enough that it won't go that far into the men's season if that's still their concern. I, I think they, the AFL would find that even if it did go into the men's season, you'd still find people going to the women's and supporting Absolutely. it as actively as ever. Yep. So I, I don't know if that's really a uh, really a restriction anymore. It just, it just comes down to what the players want. And from what I understood from the start of the year with the whole uh, CBA and all that, the players wanted to play more games. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so uh, there's no, there's no, no doubt they did. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fair point there. So, I agree. Like I said, no, but I, I would like to see the competition being scrapped. But realistically, mm-hmm. I can't see the AFL unfortunately scrapping it. So 
from my point of view, yes, they should, but they probably won't. But I think, um, yeah, I think it will stay for 2020. But this, this, uh, sorry, 2021, but this could really change things. Um, you know, you never mm. know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we come out on the other end of it after all this uh, nonsense has blown over. Let us know uh, on our socials and whatnot what you think about all this. Should Freo have been crowned the Premier? Should uh, should we have a longer season conferences? Do they go? Do they stay? A340, A340 Podcast on Facebook, at A340 Podcast on Insta, and at A340 on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. We move on. Woman of the Week, of course, one of our favourite segments. Yes. We're going to, of course, keep it to one woman each of the week and not... At Alex Doherty. <laughs> not five. Hey, 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 ever since, hey, ever since you called me out on that, I've been pretty good with it. You can't... I shouldn't have to call you out on that. It's a simple segment. Woman of the Week. <laughs> you, you, one woman. You keep pu- you keep pulling that out every week, and I've been you know very good. I've been, I've kept it to one woman a week. You have been good, Doc. So you can start this week, mate. Who's your woman of the week for the last one of twenty twenty? So my final woman of the week goes to a young lady at the GWS Giants by the name of Elise Parker, yep. who oh yes, who did everything she could to help GWS over the line, but because they suck and drop a 15 point lead you know her, her efforts on her her efforts pretty much went for naught but i i want i want to take the time here to recognize her efforts 23 disposals four marks one tackle just yeah. did every just did everything in her power to just try and help gws over the line against melbourne so well well done to elise and she's a star in the making yep good call cat good call would you like to go uh yes i actually am changing mine from what i was originally going to do i was originally i'm sticking with the oh, same no. team though i'm sticking with the pies yes so i originally was going to choose brit bonici for her standing 20 20 touch 20 kick game but i decided instead that jamie lambert is my woman of the week uh oh. ended up with the 22 touches Six marks, five tackles. Unfortunately, she could have won the game for the Pies with the two behinds to her name. But I think just because she tried her hardest to will this team over the line, uh, I think that gets her there anyway for mine. Fantastic from her. I don't know about you, Alex Miller, but I would have just stuck with Brittany Bonici because Jamie Lambert didn't win the game. Well, well neither, did, neither did Britt Bonici, so I have, I have a <laughs> bone to pick with both of you gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Woman of the Week is a simple segment. Uh, it's the best woman of the round who had the most influence in the comp, not the one who tried the hardest. So uh, I don't go here for tryhards. This woman won. She did try to get that probably as well. Emily Antonio, I mean, I could have picked could have picked both of them. But yeah. I've got with Emily. She had 20 touches, eight marks, three tackles, and one goal one. Um, but she was a big reason why Freya were fantastic. Uh, you know... They've been such a good team, and for her to stand out, especially the last month, she's been really fantastic, but she's had a pretty good year, and congratulations to her, and congratulations to all the um, nominations for the Woman of the Week, and if you didn't get yes. one, you'll be so back next we, week. Yeah. Shall, we do, shall we do Woman of the Year when we do the, um, like, uh, assuming that the AFLW Awards season goes ahead, mm-hmm. sh- shall, shall we do our Woman of the Year? I we think could. We certainly should. Um. And also, can I just say, Ebony Antonio is a great choice. I've been I've been particularly impressed with uh, her, yeah, her, her last few weeks in particular. I mean, someone like she started her, just her development from day one has yeah. been has been outstanding. She was a key back in in the first season, and mm-hmm. we, we we fast forward to today, and she's just this versatile, tall that can almost do everything around the ground. She covers it beautifully. Good tackler. Good good hands on her. Good mark. Good. Good goal, good kick, good handball. Good everything. Just a good all-round player. Yep. Can't argue with that. Fantastic. If you want to let us know your woman of the week, or possibly even woman of the year, as I mentioned the socials before, but of course the email as well, a340 at gmail.com, let us know. Let us know anything you want us to talk about during the uh, the break as well. Yeah. We've got we've got uh, a few things planned here and there. Obviously, the podcast won't be every single week as there is no footy on, but we will have plenty of content still to bring to you. Uh, before we before we end the episode, boys, or before we get to the uh, 
the tips and whatnot. I think we just would like to mention the teams that we haven't talked about yet in this episode, the teams that missed out in the finals, that being Geelong, Adelaide, Richmond, St Kilda, the Bulldogs and the Eagles. Uh, obviously not the highest perform- performers of the year, but just uh, congratulations to all the players and the staff and everything for putting up another great season at AFLW and especially to the new sides, to the expansion teams, um, for, you know, it's obviously hard coming right into the competition uh, with a whole new side, 20, 21 players out there who maybe have not played at AFLW level before. So yeah. congrats to all of them just for just for showing up every week and, you know, putting in good games. The Saints especially, uh, I thought, were a really, really strong side all year, and I'm excited to see how they go next year. Yeah, very, very, very true. Yeah. I just I just want to quickly add, um, we obviously have had, uh, some amazing guests on the show that have all been AFLW players, and uh, yes. while we said last week it was tragic that Nina went down, we are, we are excited to see her back, and we're excited to see uh, Cleo as well come out mm-hmm. and have a Absolutely. new season. Um, yeah, great, huge shout outs obviously to all four of the players that we've had on the podcast: Nina Morrison, Sophie Mullen, Cleo Saxon Jones, and Kez Harrington, of course. Uh, all, all great years from them, and Cleo, we hope to see play next year as well. She better, she better get a debut round one next year. We're waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, I, I just want to, I just want to add, as you know, for, for my Bulldogs, it's it was a frustrating year in terms of results, but I'm genuinely so excited to watch this club develop its younger players. I mean, that that's the one thing that's going to keep me going for 2021. It's just yep. watching the likes of Izzy Huntington grow into a, a star a star key defender in the competition. Watching the likes of Gemma Lagoya, Lizzie Georges Athis, Nell and um, Gabby become you know, just take another step in their development. And also we and also we get the second best Victorian under eighteen in the draft this year, so I'm very happy about that. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, so there's another star coming to the Bulldogs in twenty twenty one. So yes, I'm very well, uh, as much as I love my Richmond Tigers, no matter what, I'm actually kind of happy to see 2020 end for them. Uh, it was a bit, of a, <laughs> a bit of a train wreck, but we come back stronger. We learn, learn a lot from this and, uh, you know, bring on 2021. But the tips, the tipping yes. competition has You've officially ended. The winner of the tipping competition. Alex well, Balcony. We did, well, we didn't have any, uh, we didn't have any tips for the, uh, the finals, but that wouldn't have mattered because I won. <laughs> <laughs> I How many tips won. did you finish with, Doc? I finished with 31 tips from six rounds of Foopy. That's pretty good. Uh, Alex Miller had 27. He was four behind me. And Alex Catalano, dead last, once again, 25 tips. What the hell is wrong with you? You're, you're supposed to be the host. <laughs> <laughs> he is the host. He's just not very good with his tips. True to form. I love doing my weird tips. Get it. Get it together, Cat. Are you going to win up Cat one day? Uh, you know, one day, slowly, slowly, we're building. But yes, well, I reckon, I reckon if we all tip ahead now and just randomly guess who's going to play when, we could, uh, you could win the 2020 uh, men's competition because we could be playing Christmas at this stage. Yeah, you never know. Christmas grand, Christmas grand final could happen. I'd could be on. And, and Alex Catalano sings uh, Lizard Man's Coming to Town. <laughs> A Christmas special. That's what we pay our money for. Oh, goodness. Well... <laughs> That is uh, That's going to do us, I think, for this final AFLW episode. Of course, like we said, if the awards are going ahead, you will hear from us, All-Australian, Woman of the Year, all that kind of thing. Uh, we will be getting that to you. 50. Uh, and, and top um, 50. Doc, um, Doc loves um, his top 50s, um, and he's set on that. It, it, it is 10 times better than Mark Robinson, so you will not be disappointed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any last pieces before we head off to... We've got one more episode coming to you this week. Uh, the round one review, of course. Yep. Who knows how many, how much longer it will be before the round two review, but we'll be bringing <laughs> that to you, all the uh, all the games from this week of AFL men's. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I've got anything else to add. I mean, <laughs> no, I pretty much covered it all. <laughs> oh, actually, no. Th- actually, no, oh. there is... There is one more thing we haven't we haven't met, didn't mention this last week. We're mentioning it now. A three road to ten k. We are less than four hundred and fifty listens Oof. away from cracking ten k. So Oof. fingers oh, yes. cro- fingers crossed. 
fingers crossed this gets us over the line because our last AFLW episode was huge. It got got good got good listenership. All we need is another four hundred and fifty odd, and we're there. We, we can Get start around cracking everyone. over the yeah, speaking of the listens, we want to um, thank everyone for their support on all the episodes of recent, um, from the AFLW to the AFL men's. It's been a tough time for everyone in reality, and it's nice to uh, know that people are sort of chillaxing and listening to our show, whether it's for 10 minutes or an hour, the whole thing, whatever it is. We do appreciate your support, and um, that's why we're just going to try and keep pumping out a little bit of content, because... It is a crazy time in the world. Uh, we never thought we'd see it, um, but we are all witnessing it. So, you know, stay safe. Enjoy the podcast indoors. Keep your social stay distancing and wash your, wash your hands. As Kat said last week, stay hygienic. <laughs> yep, stay hygienic. <laughs> I'm stay a, man hygienic. Of, a man of words. <laughs> I'm, a <man laughs> I'm a man of few words. I think we should end the show on that. That is all. <laughs> yes, thank it's you for odd. joining us. Uh, I mentioned all the socials before, but once just once more, A340 Podcast on Facebook, at A340 Podcast on Instagram, at A340 on Twitter, and of course, A340 at gmail.com. Send us anything you'd like to hear us talk about in this extended off-season, really. Any thoughts, anything you want us to talk about, anything you thought about the years, the year gone by, and uh, thanks for listening. That, that's it. That's it. I've been Alice Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. And uh, stay tuned, of course, for the men's episode coming up next. Cheers. See you later.